Welcome to the Peavine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland, and we take timeless biblical truth and help you to apply it in the context of your daily life. You can always join us live each Sunday morning at 8.30, 9.45, or 11 a.m. at our Rock Spring, Georgia campus, or at 11 a.m. at our Rossville, Georgia campus, which is just outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Good morning. My name is Nathan McCoy, and I'm the student pastor here at Peavine. Been here for a good minute, and uh, I'm excited to bring this message to you guys. It's a message that I'm excited about. And, um, you know, here's the thing. Will you just give the Holy Spirit permission to speak to your heart today? If you would, give me a thumbs up. All right? You're giving Him permission. All right? And that makes me feel good because I'm going to speak to you. All right? Through His Word. Okay? And uh, here's the deal, man. How many of you guys out here are homeowners? Any homeowners in the house? Yep, a lot of us. And it's okay, either way, you know. Um, But we know in our homes there are certain rooms that need a change in our house. And my son's bathroom has been that way for years, you know. Now here's the deal. His bathroom's upstairs. And uh, for years... It's kind of been a burden to me, something I've wanted to change. I wanted to update, wanted to redo, but um, it's upstairs. And because I'm not a handyman, it's one of those things that's hard to get around to doing. You know, when it comes to change in my house, there's a lot of excuses I can come up with to put it off. And, you know, it's kind of like weeks turn into months and months into more months and months and months and years and years and years. And all of a sudden, you know, you're looking at a decade and the paint's peeling, the floor's cracking, you know, the toilet's leaking, the faucet ain't working. And uh, that's just that's kind of how it is. You know, I'm lucky if I can change a light bulb. But um, all right, y'all must be handy men. So cool. But here's the deal. You know, that bathroom's upstairs. And um, because it's upstairs, it's one of those rooms I don't even like to look at. Because if I look at it, I realize the shape it's in, and I get overwhelmed because it means I've got to do something about it. And for years it's been that way. Up until a couple months ago, I was off on a Friday, and um, I just decided now's the time. And I went up there and I ripped out the sink. You know, I look up to Jeremy. Jeremy's not scared. He would install a, a skylight the day before of a, a rain coming. You know, he wouldn't be scared at all. That dude's a handyman. But not me. I'm always scared to do the demolition because if I do it, then I'm going to tear something up worse. But a couple months ago, I went, tore up the floor, tore out the sink. Hey, redoing a bathroom. You need a new toilet, right? Who wants a new toilet? Everybody, right? Feels good when you got a new toilet. (laughs) I can see y'all are a tough crowd. But, ripped it all out. You know what I found out then? I can find a lot of excuses not to paint, not to lay tile. You know, I'm too busy. I'm too tired. I mean, I've been working all day, you know. I'm too tired. We got volleyball. We got this. We got that. Hey, 
let's go to the lake, you know? And that thing will sit for months. But I'm pretty proud of myself. I've gotten to it. I've painted the walls. I'm painting, no big deal. Tiled the floor Friday. And um, here's the thing about that. Like, it looks pretty good for a fifth grader's arts and crafts project, you know? <laughs> I'm going to call it rustic, you know? <laughs> yeah. So if you're a handyman, like, don't send me pictures of your bathroom you've redone. Don't ask for pictures of mine. It's upstairs. I'm planning on being there so I can deal with it, right? Here's what I'm, why I'm telling you this. Sometimes our homes are like our lives. We have little, small rooms that we don't want to face. We don't want to look at them. Because when we do, when we look at them, it means that we've got to do something about it. And that project I'm working on my home is going a whole lot longer than I planned. And after laying tile, I figured out that it's a whole lot messier than I expected. But you know what? I'm going to move forward in that bathroom. And that's how our lives are sometimes. When Jesus asks us the question, do you want to be made well? He's asking you that because He's really wanting to know. Do you really want to make the necessary changes? Do you really want to put forth the effort? It's going to take a whole lot longer than you thought. It might be messier than you expected. But what you've got to do is just move forward. Move forward. Today, I'm inviting you guys to join me in this. And um, Jesus wants to know, do you want to be made well? That question is for us in this room. That question is for you at Rossville or whether you're online. Do you want to be made well? We're going to open our Bibles to John chapter 5. And here's the thing about the book of John. John's written, and John's written because John wants you not only to know Jesus as Savior and be you're eternally saved, but he wants you to know Jesus intimately and have a relationship with him. Because here's the deal. Once you're saved, eternal life starts then and now. He wants you to have abundant life even here and now while you're on this side of heaven. And John writes in such a way that he wants you to see a deeper meaning in what's going on, what Jesus is doing. When John talks about miracles, John doesn't call them miracles. He calls them signs and wonders. Because when Jesus does something, it's not by accident. He's not just going willy-nilly on us. There's a deeper meaning, and usually it's Jesus pointing to the Christ and showing us our need for Him and salvation. So we're in John chapter 5, 1 through 8. Would you stand with me? We're going to pray, and then we're going to honor God's Word just by standing. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, today, we're giving you permission to open our hearts, open our ears. Lord, 
We want your will in our life. So would you speak to us in the next few minutes? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As you're in John 5, stay standing with me. After this, a Jewish festival took place and Jesus went up to Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate. There is a pool called Bethesda in Aramaic, which has five colonnades. Within these lay a, number of lo- a large number of disabled, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been disabled for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and realized he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? Sir, the disabled man answered, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, someone comes down ahead of me. Get up, Jesus told him, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly the man got well, picked up his mat, and started to walk. You may be seated. The story goes on. Jesus kind of slips out of the crowd, slips into the distance. The man walks to the temple. Instantly, the Pharisees, the religious people that were there... They missed the whole message because all they were going to do, they were just there and they were critical of what Jesus did because he healed a man on the Sabbath. Not only did he heal the man on the Sabbath, but he told the man to take up his bed and walk, which would be considered work on the Sabbath. So they totally missed the message. Jesus slips back. The man gets up. Story goes on. In verse 14, and it talks about how the man went to the temple. And Jesus saw him there and he said, See, you've been made well. Now go and sin no more or else something worse could happen to you. Something worse than 38 years of paralysis? Man, Jesus takes sin pretty serious. Here's some interesting facts about this story. Um, the pool of Bethesda was called the pool of mercy. I love mercy. You know, grace is when we get what we don't deserve. God's riches at Christ's expense. Adrian Rogers said it that way. But mercy is when we don't get what we do deserve. And I'm going to be honest with you, I like mercy a whole lot because there have been times where I've deserved a whole lot. All right, anybody here? Back in school, I deserved a whole lot back before I was saved. I deserved a whole lot more than I got, right? The pool of mercy. The man was at the pool of mercy, the pool of Bethesda. Jesus finds him in what seems to be a helpless situation. The man had given up hope. You know, Jesus Jesus knows what we're thinking. Jesus looked at the man. He knew the man had given up hope. And he looks at him and he says, Do you want to be made well? He knew he had been there a long time. That was a lifetime for those days. You know, this is a great illustration of our need for Jesus when it comes to our salvation. Apart from Jesus, we're helpless and hopeless. You can be at church and be so close to
to being made well, but not accept Christ as your Savior and make Him Lord of your life. This man was so close to being healed, he was right there at the water, but there was nothing he could do to get in. You know, the story talks about the water being stirred up, okay? And you've got to look at that. Now, here's the thing. The water being stirred up. There was a, a myth or a belief that an angel would stir up the water. And we, we're not real sure. Scripture doesn't fully explain what that was. It could have been a spring bubbling up. It could have been the wind. But whatever it is, when the water was stirred, the first one in, they believed they'd be healed. So this man's hanging out, and he's with a, a whole bunch, a large crowd of people that were in his same state, in his circumstances. And this man had given up. So here's the question that Jesus is asking him, and he just may be asking you this today. Do you want to be made well? Before you answer it, and the answer seems obvious, but before you answer it, are you willing to go through with the changes that he's asking you to make? Changes are overwhelming to us. Are you willing to do the work? Are you willing to allow him to do something to where it might be a little messy? Are you willing just to face it? You say, Nathan, man, my marriage messed up. There's nothing I can do. Well, you don't want to go through the situation and the circumstances you're in without hope. If Jesus can raise this man up and him walk, if he can raise Lazarus from the dead, don't you think he can restore and renew a marriage? Absolutely he can. What circumstances are you looking at in life? Where is your plot in life? This man had accepted his plot in life. What is it you need Jesus to do to bring about the change, the miracle that you need right now. In order to be made well, we must first, uh, we can't accept what's always been. Jesus comes to this man at Bethesda. Man, that's an awesome picture. You know, here's Jesus, creator of the universe. He's, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Here's Jesus. He goes up to Jerusalem, and he goes where a large group of people in need are. And he looks at them, knowing he had given up hope, and he says, Do you want to be made well? Do you really want to be made well? And what the man does is he makes excuses. Well... I can't get in the water on my own. Who's going to take me down there? And when I try to get there, someone cuts in front of me. You had to be first in their thought. No one can do that. We also see that when Jesus asks us, do you want to be made well? The answer should be yes. Not yes, but. Do you want to be made well? Yes, but. I've had this habit for 30 years now. Do you want to be made well? Yeah, but if I quit smoking, what am I going to do for stress relief? Do you want to be made well? 
Yeah, but the pain's too hard. Do you want to be made well? Anger. Yeah, but I got a right to be angry. Do you want to be made well? When Jesus asks you and I, do you want to be made well? The answer should always be yes. And we should never focus on the buts of our circumstances. What circumstances are you looking at today? God brings change in our life only when our will cooperates with Him. So in order to be made well, we must also allow Him to help. Dude, I got in over my head doing that bathroom. And I wanted to call Jeremy and say, Jeremy, help! Right? I got this stuff that's going to dry it's going to be a mess. Like, I thought painting the walls was a good idea first. Now I got, I, what do you call that stuff, anybody? Yeah, the grout that's holding the tile down. No, there's something under the grout, right? The grout's the last thing. But Say it again. Thin set. See, I don't even know what I'm doing. What am I even doing in this bathroom? Hey, but here's the deal. Pride gets in the way of asking for help sometimes. And in your circumstances, in my circumstances, sometimes I'm too prideful to say, Jeremy, I need you. Oh, I need you. Jeremy, I need you. You know? Y'all know what I'm saying? Sometimes pride just gets in the way. Jesus goes to the man because he wants the man to give him permission. Do you want to be made well? This is a reminder that the problem and the circumstance we find ourselves is more often over our heads. It's over our heads. I know that. Because many of the circumstances you and I find ourselves in are circumstances we've created. It's things we've let go in our life. And that's why we're in the circumstances and the things we're in. It's the law of cause and effect. And we know that if... We need help to stay out of the circumstances. Once we're in it, of course, we need Jesus to help us get us out of it. He's not going to do anything without your permission. He's not going to force himself on you. Jesus brings about change in your life, but you must be obedient and accept his help. When he asked the man, do you want to be made well? He needed permission. What is it you're dealing with? What circumstance do you need Him to step in and do a miracle? What habit or sin have you become so comfortable with? You know, you've seen homeless people in the cities sitting around fountains. They've been there a while. Jesus knew this man had been there a while. Imagine all around Him, all this stuff. You've seen the mess that's just sitting around. What sin... Have you become so comfortable with that you're just in that nasty bed that you've made? Do you want to be made well? Here's the deal. Like, don't think this is a name it, claim it kind of sermon. All right? Yes, Jesus healed him instantly. But look at how long the man 
was paralyzed. How long? 38 years. 38 years this man was in this state. And here's the deal. You guys know that uh, there's a Christian saying that we say to encourage people. And it sounds kind of encouraging. Like God's not going to give you more than you can handle. That's a lie. That is a lie. It's terrible advice. This life is more than you can handle. Everything about it is. And that's why you need Jesus to be the one that guides you, that you depend on. Jesus doesn't just want to reside. He don't want to just be your resident. He wants to be your president. He wants to rule and reign because he's got a life that's more abundant and better than you can possibly imagine. Right? You've also got to depend on him. Last Thursday, we had the men's Bible study. It's an awesome thing. Like, if you're, not able, if you're not able to make it, I'm sorry. But if you can make it, like, don't miss out, man. It's cool. But uh, one of the things Joel talked about was trusting in the Lord with all your heart. And what does trust mean? Well, trust doesn't mean that you're just sitting in that seat and you trust that seat's just going to hold you up. Trust, when we're talking about the Bible, it's talking about trust. It means you will obey Jesus. It means you're going to obey Him even when you don't agree with what He has to say. It means you're going to obey Him even when you don't like the answer He gives. You're going to obey Him even when you don't understand. Depending on Him is obeying Him. John 5.14, there it is. It says, Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you've been made well. Now go and sin, sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Something worse than paralyzed, 38 years. This shows us that somehow this man's sin, or sin, we don't know if it was his sin, we don't know who sin, what sin, but sin had this man in the circumstances he was in. Jesus sees sin as a serious issue and says it can always be worse. Sin no more. 38 years, long time, that's a lifetime. You know, an old pastor preacher saying is sin, sin always takes you further than you're willing to go. It keeps you longer than you're willing to stay. And it's going to cost you more than you're willing to pay. When Jesus wants to make you well, he doesn't want to do a temporary fix. He wants to make you well for good. And this process is not always the easiest. Hey, if it's anger that you need to adjust in your life, Dad, he might take you down the road of depression to make you well. If it's anxiety, he might let your world fall apart just so he can show you he's in control his process isn't for the faint of heart because jesus wants you to be complete mature and lacking nothing in christ you know even even as christians there are things working against us we got three enemies all right there's the world that's an outside enemy. All right? That's the external enemy. We got the infernal enemy. That's the devil. 
And we got the internal enemy, which is our flesh. Sometimes we give the, the devil way more credit than he deserves. Because a lot of times it's our flesh. Galatians 5.17 shows us and tells us how the flesh is always warring against the spirit that indwells us. There's a battle going on inside of you. And your flesh is your biggest enemy. You know, um, I wonder if any of you guys think like I do. Like, I'm the kind of guy, if I do something wrong, I think I'm going to get caught. Like, I think God's going to send a lightning bolt down and whoo, strike me. And I hope my granny's passed away. And uh, I hope she doesn't, I, I don't know, but... Granny used to always joke with me on Fridays. We'd go ride around. I'd take her, get her hair done, and she'd go get her ham. She wanted a ham to cook every Sunday, you know? That was a process. But Granny would always joke and say, Hey, Nathan, stop by that gas station. Just get me a lottery ticket. And she was joking. But in my mind, I thought she was, I think she was a little serious too. And I'd be like, Granny, you know I can't do that as a youth pastor. And I wouldn't do that even before I was a youth pastor. But you know I wouldn't do that because if I did, I'd win. And then I'd be on the news and somebody would catch me, you know. Like that's how it would be for me. Some of you guys are smarter than me, but I'm the cop, right? Well, how many of you guys think you do something wrong, God's going to send lightning, boom, strike you? Sometimes that's me. And here's the trap. When lightning doesn't come, you think, wait a minute. That wasn't so bad, slip of the thumb on the phone, you know? That wasn't so bad. Dude, I've got a 200-pound English Mastiff at my house, okay? He's the best guard dog you'll ever encounter. I don't want you to meet him. I don't want you to encounter him, really. But the UPS man, a few months ago, pulls up. We get our, all of our packages shipped to the church, because we care about the UPS man. <laughs> and this ain't very Christian, but if I were honest, we care more about our packages than the UPS man, right? Okay. Thank y'all for laughing. 9.30 judged me for saying that. <laughs> I was like, it's a joke, man. I care. UPS. But a few months ago, UPS comes by, and I'm sitting there, you know, chilling, UPS comes by, and sure enough, I see him. He's walking up the driveway. You hear Bear, he sleeps on our porch, but you hear, boom, 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 and the whole house shakes as he runs down the stairs. He's 200 pounds, literally. At the least when he was an adult, he was like 190, but we gave him a shot for that, you know? <laughs> All right, just checking you. But Bear goes down. UPS, Chrissy's like, look at me like Nathan Hush, but... Bear goes down, and Bear sits about midway in the driveway. UPS man's walking out of his truck. I'm thinking, man, you're an idiot. <laughs> and he stops at the back of his truck. I walk out, and I slide my Crocs on. I'm like, hey, dude, don't, don't come any closer. Wait till I get there. And he's just standing there. He's like, no, he's good. I've got a treat, you know. I'm like, I don't care what you got. Just wait for me. And when I get to where Bear is on the driveway, if you ever pull up, you'll experience this, but Bear will just walk beside me, and his head's like right here. You know, he's about a big old head. But he just walks beside me. And Bear's standing there. I'm like, Bear, it's okay. I'm talking to him, because I'm his master. Bear listens to me. And the guy's like, hey, 
Here, I got a treat. Let me feed it to him. I'm saying, don't feed that dog by hand. Put it on the ground. So he drops it on the ground. You're okay with Bear when he gets his big old crusty callous paw. He's an outside dog. And he puts it in your hand. And he just holds your hand and he looks up at you. And once he did that with the UPS man, I said, okay, now you can feed him by hand. Well, Friday came along. I wasn't home. Bear's way more protective of Chrissy and the kids. Like, super protective. The UPS man comes bebopping up. And Chrissy's like, oh, snap. So she goes out. As soon as she went out, the UPS man noticed Bear's demeanor heightened. And that was the line of hair that went up his back. And he's sitting there and he's telling Chrissy, No, it's okay. I fed him before. I pet the bear. He's good. And Chrissy goes, No, no, no. My husband's not home. He's real protective of me. He's not good. Well, here, let me feed him a treat. She's like, No, put your hand back. Stop. And Bear's, Whoo! Lunges at him. And Chrissy goes, just drop it on the ground. He'll get it from the ground. He dropped it on the ground. He took it straight, and then he lunged again. And the guy's like, well, I fed him by hand before. And Chrissy goes, yeah, but he's really protective of me. He goes, well, here, you want your package? I can give you your package. She goes, just put it on the ground, too. And the guy kept trying to pet the dog. And finally, as Bear keeps lunging at him, he goes, you know what? I think you're right. This is a bad idea. Here's your son. But he gets back in his truck, pulls off. Well, you know what? We've been talking about sin and the flesh. Just because sin don't bite you the first time doesn't mean it won't bite. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. Even though you're saved, you have an inward nature, and that's your flesh. And daily, hourly, minute by minute, you've got to crucify your flesh. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by the Son of God who gave His life for me. So we've got to constantly depend on Jesus. We've got to obey Jesus. Jesus told this man, sin no more. We also can never lose hope. The man had been there for so long that he had lost hope. Jesus knew this. Remember, Jesus is God. Yeah, he was in human form, but he was God. He was the God-man. And Jesus knew that this man had lost hope. He had become very comfortable with the bed he was in, the circumstances he was in. And for us as Christians, no matter what circumstance you're in, it may seem desperate, like desperate times, but there is hope. And hope com only comes... Through Jesus Christ. You know, uh, I was so proud at what happened at Rossville a few weeks ago with the dental clinic. Can you imagine, you know, uh, so many people just being relieved of pain with dentist work? 
Like, that's a big deal. If I have a toothache, I go a little bit crazy, you know? But so many people, uh, Levy Dentistry did an awesome job, you know, uh, relieving people of pain, making sure they were physically made well. And afterwards, as a church, you know, we want to reach Peavine City for the gospel of Christ. We bring them in and counsel them to make sure they're also spiritually well. And Jeremy had a lady in there, and she had just got done with the dentist. And this lady's sitting there, and Jeremy goes, Do you know Jesus? And she pulled her mask down with a big old smile. And Stephanie's sitting right there. She's worked on me before, and she knows I wouldn't smile after the dentist, you know? Like, I ain't smiling. I just want to go, right? Okay, y'all tough crowd again. But, thanks, Charity. But, um... She smiled, and she said, Oh, Jeremy, yes, I know Jesus, and I'm not ashamed to tell anyone my testimony. Here Jeremy and Tyler were. They were going to share the gospel with her, and she started sharing with them. She goes, I've been in and out of drugs so much. She said, I'd get hooked on drugs, and I'd lose everything I had, even to the point of being homeless. And then I'd cry out to Jesus and I would beg him. And I'd make a promise that I'd never go back to drugs. And Jesus would get me back on my feet. And then she, got, he, she said, you know, with them drugs, sometimes, you know, that part inside you just wants more. And I'd get back on those drugs. And I'd lose everything again. And she went in and out of this cycle. And then at one point, she was a caretaker for her husband. And he had a stroke. And he went into the doctor, into the hospital. And on the operating table, he died like five, seven times. And the doctor came to her that last time and he said, Okay, if he dies again, what do you want us to do? And she said, If my husband can live, I'm asking you to bring him back. And it was right there. She got on her knees and she said, Jesus, I know that I've lied to you before. And if you didn't help me out, I wouldn't blame you if you do. But I'm asking you to let my husband live. I promise you, I'll not go back to those drugs again. Her husband lived. And he's at home. He's immobile. She fully, he's fully dependent on her. But you know what? She hadn't touched drugs again. She's at church every Sunday. She volunteers at church. She, she even cleans the church every week with no pay. You know, some of us are going to be surprised at, at who we encounter in heaven. The biggest surprise might be who we don't see. But uh, that's, a, that's a crazy story. Because you see, here's the deal. This lady, and I'm trying not to say her name as I'm telling the story, but this lady had a real encounter with Jesus Christ, and he changed her life. He changed her circumstances. He cured, he helped with that addiction and delivered her from that. Never lose hope. You know, Jesus is our only hope, and without Jesus, there's no hope. Without Jesus, there's just, I wish, I hope, 
I get an Xbox for Christmas. You know, I know that might not be the thing, but whatever. It might be still. But it's just a, it's wishful thinking. That's what hope is according to the world. But with Jesus, hope is a promise. And this story is a wonderful picture of our need for Jesus Christ when it comes to salvation. Without Him, there we are. And there's nothing you can do to save yourself because sin separates you from having a relationship with God. And there's nothing you can do about it. Only Jesus. He came and He lived. And His whole focus was, the Bible says, He became sin on our behalf. He who knew no sin became sin on our behalf. So we might know the righteousness of God. He paid the penalty for your and my sin. And only with Jesus can we have eternal life. But He's not going to force Himself on to you. But He's asking you, do you want to be made well? If you want to be saved and know Christ as your Savior, there's A, B, C. A, you've got to admit that you're a sinner and you can't save yourself. You're without hope. You got to be, believe Christ died for you, that he rose again. And C, confess him as your Lord and Savior. If that's you today, y'all can stand. If that's you today, whether you're here in this room, whether you're online, whether you're at Rossville, I'm going to say a prayer. And it's not the words you say, it's the intent of your heart, it's the repentance of sin. But you've got to allow him to do what he's already done on the cross. You just got to accept him. Bow your heads, close your eyes. If that's you, I'm going to pray this prayer. And I want you to pray it to Jesus. Lord, I know that I'm a sinner and I can't save myself. I'm asking you to save me. Forgive me of my sin. I'm calling out to you to be my Lord and my Savior. I'm committing my life to you. Thank you for saving me. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, on the wall behind me, there is a number, 97,000. Text I did if you accepted Christ. And you can be here, you can be online, or you can be in Rossville. Text 97,000. Text I did. Hey, if you're a Christian in the room, what circumstances is Jesus seeing that you're in today? Where do you need him to step in and make the necessary changes? Jesus looked at this man and he said, take up your bed and walk. You guys are already standing. I'm going to ask you to do this. Everybody bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm the only one in the room. If you need Jesus to step in and make changes in your circumstances, do a miracle in your life, would you just raise your hand where you're at? I'm the only one looking. I see those hands. Yep, yep. Jesus has the power to do it, man. He'll break it, whatever it is. He can do it, but you got to let him and you got to depend on him. Do not give up hope. Let me pray for you. Father God, Lord, we thank you for your promise. We thank you for the hope that's only found in Jesus Christ. Lord, for these that have had the courage just to raise their hand, may today be the day that they allow you to step in and make the change to make them well. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your son. 
It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week as we help equip you to apply God's Word to your daily life. For the latest updates about what's happening around Peavine City, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. For more information about Peavine or to get in touch with us, please visit our website, peavine.org. Thanks for listening.